Okay, now the bee is on Amy. So we're at the Shangri-La! Oh. <laughs> There's a bee on your phone! So. <laughs> we're back. We had a small bee emergency. Actually, it was medium to high, in my opinion. Gladys, this is Dorlene. I am at Shangri-La in Austin, Texas. You have got to see this tequila beverage they made me. It is so good, it's attracting bees. <laughs> Oh my God, there's a bee that's chasing Jill Pangallo all over the Shangri-La. She wants to get up in that cooch, in that tequila-infused cooch. I think it's her hippie shit. She put on some kind of hippie bug repellent, and all it did was just attract him because it's got patchouli or some kind of herb in it. A lovely introduction to our interview about channeling people because we are here to discuss alter egos and I am here with with Paul Swallow Amy Todd all of us have in common the fact that we on a frequent basis inhabit another person for entertainment and art purposes what does it mean to you I'll start with Paul to inhabit a persona or character it's like um it's like giving up your vessel for this crazy demon that kind of comes in. So, like you have, to, like you understand that, like you are going to give up your your personal space for this thing that you trust, and you have some sort of uh, control. You have one, a little bit of a maybe a pinky on the wheel, and uh, and and guiding it towards uh, the the better side of the road where people don't get harmed or things don't get stolen. Hopefully, mm. but. Um, Hearts. Hearts don't get broken. My heart doesn't get broken. But uh, it really is just a kind of an abandoning of, of your vessel to let this kind of, this wild, this creature in and to, to entertain or uh, fix yourself or whatever it needs to do. I'm going to get back to the fixing yourself part. Amy, what does it mean to inhabit a persona? Complete, unfettered freedom. Uh, I never really explored certain parts of my personality until I put on the mantle of Arsicola. And in doing so, it forced me out of a comfort zone of behaving in a certain way. And because I chose consciously to inhabit R.C. in a way that I would not be comfortable with, as far as how she behaves and what she wears and what she says, that over the years has been a very freeing experience for me personally and has allowed me to really open up uh, to a lot of possibilities that the previous Amy would not have been welcome to explore. Amy, you just said aspects of your personality. It's interesting because you set out, I mean, at least I did, when I set out to create this character, I decided, okay, she's this, this, and this. And then the rest of it just kind of flowed from what was already inside of me. And I made the conscious choice to not censor what that was. So it's a continually evolving process. Um, whereas before, like in the very beginning, as being Arsicola, it was a very rigid kind of like, okay, 
I do it this way, RC does it this way, like very opposite. Now it's much more organic in that I recognize myself in what RC does and I opposite recognize myself in what RC does. And so before the, the lines were very strong and clear and uh, as I continue to develop her, she becomes more integral to who I am. Paul, I know of two of your characters, persona. What do you guys use the word character or persona? I, I usually I usually say persona or alter ego. Yeah, that, that's a good definition. Let's call them alter egos tonight just because it's it sounds darker and more exciting. Okay, yeah. Paul, are you pulling from aspects with uh, Rebecca and Christine of your own personality? Yeah, I think for me it's like when a persona or alter egos they come knocking and so they'll like they'll come up to the door and they'll start knocking and I'll be like I'll open the little window on the door and say who's there and I'm like oh look at this you know and I'll be like oh hello and you like you let them in and I kind of always like I like to go I like to say like I like to go on dates with them and if they're really if they're really kicking the door hard I'll, I'll, I'll dress it up and I'll go on a date with it and and I never really can look at them at the beginning and think that they're like a piece of me or they're in like I don't I don't strategically create a, a character or persona to deal with something um, usually they come knocking and it's something that is either I'm very excited about and very happy about in my life or maybe I'm very messed up about I don't know so I go on dates with them I go out with them start to have some drinks with them loosen up a bit see how they interact with other people and then you decide oh okay I'm gonna go on another date it's that like I don't date people I just date myself kind of <laughs> single so like you know it's like after that third date you kind of figure out do I want to go on another date with this person and after that third month and then after that third year the, you know you're like okay okay so for me down the road I figure out what they represent within myself but I never know it at the beginning it's just usually a, a bang on the door are you saying you're currently in a polygamous marriage with Rebecca and Christine. Yeah, the bees on my inner thigh. <laughs> yes. Um, I am... <laughs> don't. I'm in a relationship with, with Rebecca and Christine and then whoever else comes a-knocking, but it's a, it's a relationship. It really is. Like, I was, like, talking on the phone with my dad yeah. yesterday and I'm like, I'm like, damn it, I just want to be able to come home to somebody and they pat me on the back and give me a cuddle and say, good job, Paul. But I'm dating these crazy people that live inside of my head, Daddy. And he's like, I know, son. I know. You know? And he's like, and it's true. I look at it as relationships. And I like them. They're fun relationships. And you get your sex on stage and all that, you know? You what know? is your relationship with R.C., Amy? She is a very interesting conglomeration of all the things I could be if circumstances in my life had been just a little bit different. And recognizing that she comes from a place that's real is very important. And when I first started doing this, I didn't understand that that was a powerful thing. But as I started like to realize 
people who encountered R.C. took her at face value and realized that they accepted her as a real person, that she wasn't putting on an artifice, that she was a real person and that was who she was. That was an incredible amount of power to be handed as an artist because you can really abuse it in some really horrible ways. Um, and you're kind of teetering on the edge of being a con artist at that point. So the responsibility of recognizing R.C.'s power while simultaneously understanding that she's still an evolving creation is where I like to keep it as an overlord viewing the project because she's evolving always and I never have set out to create her in a specific way except to say these are some basic parameters and so what she becomes really is shaped by how people react to her and how they've reacted to her thus far is uh, very surprising to me and I have to take that and work with it I will note for the audience that isn't familiar with your alter egos that all of them that we're talking about tonight are highly entertaining. And that's what you're talking about when you say that people are really taken with Christine, Rebecca, and R.C. Now, I know R.C. because I used to watch your cable show when I was living here years ago. So I'm very familiar with the work you do, or at least what you were doing on your cooking show. So, yes, I, I never considered any of them con artists, but I know what you mean about their power and influence. They're highly entertaining, very compelling people to watch. I want to go back to when we were talking about uh, inhabiting personas and you said something about them fixing you. And it's great that we're calling them alter egos because we can talk about psychotherapy now. Not only do I feel that going on stage and performing is a drug for me, it's something I cannot go without. And when I go on stage, I really, really lose myself. And time stops, and everything that they talk about when you find your art, your time, you know, time stops when you're doing it. Do you experience these kind of time lapses, or do you go into another state of mind? I wish I could be more poetic about it, but do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Part of it is coming from RC. I mean, RC is a creation of mine, but I am informed by a training in acting. So there's some certain constructs that in creating the character, I've decided actually to make sure that are always there, which is like her accent, the way she looks, the way her clothes fit, the way she walks. I mean, these are all very specific choices that I've made. At this point, um, after doing it for many years, it's all—it's automatic. But at the be- in the beginning, it was a very conscious thing. Like I had to make sure and say, "Okay, I now I'm RC, and now I have to behave in this way." Well, I mean, when you do that long enough, you suddenly integrate something that was already there and become aware of it and when people acknowledge it from outside of you as being like a valid thing that you like you think oh I'm just fucking around no one's going to take me seriously when they do take you seriously then you're like whoa wow that was really neat yeah I'm much more integrated and in touch yeah. with myself when I'm performing. I was just struck when you said fix yourself because yeah. it was a quick little thing. You, that's what you said, right? Yeah, yeah. 
It was a quick little thing you said, but it, I mean, that's why I, I do it. I think it's like whenever I'm performing or, or just embodying those, or they're, you know, they're inside of me, all systems are go, and it, every part of me is really at 100%. Present. Present, so present. My... But I, do, I am aware of time, and I am aware of space, and I am aware that I'm in this room for this long, and then I have to go to this later tonight. Like, but it's it's through the brain of that character. I think that's what I mean. I mean, I don't. I think, I'm not like. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't go into <laughs> some. I don't go into some sort of like. <laughs> yeah, it's like everything. Gets Burning Man rave yeah. moment. But I mean, it, everything's you, on, and it's like yes. my brain is calculating. Mm-hmm. I'm reading the crowd, and I know when I'm dipping. I know when I'm. Yeah. I'm at a high. I know when I'm talking too much or my backup voice will let me know when I'm talking too much. Everything that Paul is is on top form, like ready to go. And then that allows this demon to come in and play. Right. This thing that is not responsible for those things. I'm responsible. Get, you get is, on your track and yeah. you go. And which is why you make, I mean, I make decisions like not to get drunk before I get on stage. You've got to maintain some kind of a, a hand on, on the whip. I think, I mean, I have gotten drunk before and it's quite an experiment and terror and fun. You are working, you're, you're working a machine, you know? I suspect you choose fairly carefully when you get drunk yeah. or not. After the performance, I'll go crazy. Right, of course, whatever. of course. I, I think that people who make it in this, and when I say make it, I'm not talking financially or fame-wise. I'm talking like stick with it and make it a life's choice to continue making their art are people that stay present, make good decisions about how they're getting on stage. I know performers that perform drunk, and they only perform drunk, but it's very regimented. It's how they do it, and it's a system for them. And people that stay with this have systems. Yeah. Speaking of systems and drinking, I know that both of you, at least I read this... I read this on your Facebook that you both perform in the nightlife scene here in Austin. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's true. I would say that certainly R.C. gets drunk, and I definitely play that aspect of her up, as that's always been a part of her personality. But especially in the early days of doing the show, the cooking show, we weren't often as drunk as we appeared. And so just taking that as a character choice allows you to behave in a way that isn't necessarily influenced by the reality of your intoxication. And you can also take it on the other side and be totally, completely way intoxicated. And people will accept you because they automatically know that that's who you are. It's built into the character. Yes, exactly. Both of you have alter egos that an intoxicated state of being is not unusual for. No. Right. It's like they're like either destructive care, like they're destructive, right. uh-huh. they're lawbreakers, yes. they're um, or like Rebecca's burnt out, like she's already done all that, yeah. so now she's just a pile of mess. Uh-huh. The thing that's compelling about those people is that those people are in everyone's life. Yeah. Everyone knows the drunk. Everyone or they knows are the, the drunk, and they, they, you know? a lot of those people are right. those people. So. And so you you understand that they function, and they're not, like, crazy, or they don't need to go to jail all the time, and they don't have to always be in rehab, but that, that that's their life. And that's a lot of people. A lot of yeah. people in this world. But I find it interesting that... <laughs> 
you present RC or Christine and people want to be there cheering in the front row, if RC or Christine was someone's sister, they're mortified. And in something about human nature, but oh my God, my sister's a drunk, but put someone on the stage and it's hooray. Yeah. Well, I think it's also, there's the, the line of whenever I do Christine, like on stage, it's, it's a certain performance it's aggressive and it's addressing these things but when you when you meet Christine in the bar it's really a gentle kind kind of character and it, I think it actually makes people question well if this was my sister she's actually okay she's a mess she looks like a mess and she's screaming and spit but I, I'm able to sit at this bar and talk with this thing and share a conversation and a drink and a hug and a kiss and I'm not in danger and I'm really relating to this this thing so I think sometimes like maybe these people do have a sister like that or something and, and they can sit with this beast and actually get to know the sister better. everybody does that's the thing that really uh, floored me and I should have known because um, this is my family I'm doing you know this is people yeah. that I I grew up with that I'm doing and it floored me that people were so willing to accept her at face value even with all her flaws and it made me realize that yes they accept her because she's a human person and they can relate to her and she makes them laugh and that's the thing she makes them laugh if she didn't make them laugh she would be nothing I can say as someone who watches these alter egos they're more complex than maybe you you guys are skimming over it because we're doing a quick interview but they're very complex and the fact that you give them a sensitive side and you're really well-trained actors and obviously have spent years developing both characters there is a sensitivity i have more familiarity dealing with christine than any of the three but there's a sadness to christine that really appeals to me I love contrast in characters. I love a happy sad or uh, totally out of control and then calm. If you can inhabit a character that has contrast, I think that's when it starts to get real. And I know RC's contrast through social media because your posts are hysterical, but also they're sometimes... They're kind of sad. I mean, you know, funny sad. And that that brings me actually to my next thing. It's you maintain a pretty regular both of you do regular social media presence on Facebook as these alter egos. Yeah, I think that it's a valuable tool as an artist. Um, when I started doing RC, it wasn't a big deal. Like we, I started doing RC as a, a public access show, and our immediate um, interaction with an audience was through a, a, a phone number that you could call and leave messages that was only accessible online. And so I didn't really understand who was watching RC Cola until I was listening to the recorded messages that people had left. And I don't know if those were still available, but they were fascinating because it was from people who I never interact with in my regular life, ever. And so that kind of opened it up to going, okay, there's a lot of people watching this, a large variety of people watching this. So that allowed 
allowed me to be even more open and free with who she was. And the fact that she's kind of a mess really relates to a lot of people. And the fact that maybe myself is not a mess is not as important. And it's just, I'm always floored by the social media reaction that I get. And I'm always interested in what I post, like on Facebook, for example, which is my primary thing right now. Um, if I post a status update, and that, that might be something that I've been sitting on for a few days, you know, that I've ex- observed in my real life, that I think, oh, RC would be great to post this. And I post it, and then it either hits or it doesn't. And if it hits, I know immediately if it hits, because people just boom, 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 right, right away start liking it. And that's always fascinating to me, what resonates. I agree. Yeah, it's like... Well, and your social... How, how do you handle your social media? Do you... Is it a regular basis thing, or are you on a, on a whim? I, no, it's regular. My biggest thing is, like, I know myself personally, and I'm a very out-of-sight, out-of-mind person. I, what I've learned from many of my friends is, like, we as artists, you're your own manager. You are your own manager. You know, I've realized that, that this this worldwide web and this Facebook and, and all this shit is, that is our management agency. That is our PR. That is everything. And it's beautiful that we can reach people all over for the free. world for free. For free. Except they know everything about us right, and they're going to take us down. You give up. But you give up your whole, you know, personal that's freedom. That's why you do it as a persona so that exactly. you're not yourself. So, like, who is you're this not yourself. I pretty much would love if somebody tried to take RC or Christine down thinking they were a real person. What perfect <laughs> end like, to a beautiful... Yeah, be like, meet me in the Kmart parking lot at 3 in the morning and I'll give you all of it, you know, and then I'll kill them. You know, the, it's like... The with of, love. Yeah, exactly. With love and a crowbar. Mm-hmm. It, it's 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 fun. I mean, it's like your key. I like my friends. I like people a lot. I love talking and I love a good time. So it's like, for me, you hop on the hog and you type it up. You throw one word. I could write dump one day. Yes, and like you and said, people will love it. Maybe one day a hundred and something hoo-ha people love the word dump. Maybe one day two people like it. But it's like, you can't aim to please the people, but it, you're able to just, just keep that kind of uh, avenue open with people who either just are fans or your friends. And... I actually think it's a great tool to develop a character in a way because when it hits, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm on to something. Yeah. yeah. When when RC posts about Bree not being, yeah. might not be, tell me the post exactly. Okay, so for example, today's post that RC made, aside from her usual like tap dancing and whatever, is um, the HEB, which is the grocery store that's predominant here in Austin. HEB brand brie doesn't really taste like anything. And that's true. It doesn't. No, they're cheese, it doesn't taste like anything. Blasted. Right. It's like, what is this in my mouth? And so, when I post that, it really like hits home with a lot of people who've tried the HEB brie. And they're like, what is this? Can you remember your last three posts as Paul, Rebecca, and Christine? My last three? Well, your or last what? one each. Uh, Paul said uh, thank you to everyone who came to Shitty Kitty Bingo on behalf of Rebecca. Rebecca hasn't posted anything since come to Shitty Kitty Bingo. She's sleeping. And then Christine uh, posted uh into the darkness we go, we go, into the darkness we go. <laughs> this has been absolutely delightful. I think we're going to wrap it up. I would like to thank you both, 
Paul, Amy. Thank it's you, been a Jill. pleasure. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, baby.